Yeah, it's great to see you all uh, here today as we uh, take part in this series called Coming Home for Christmas. So let us look at what the story of Luke brings to us this week as we talk about coming home. We're going to read Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26, where the angel Gabriel comes to tell Mary, that she will be the mother of the Savior of the world. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus. He'll be great and he'll be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He'll be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yes, I said a moment ago, we are in this series of sermons about coming home for Christmas. Coming home for Christmas. Now, some folks are kind of tired of home. During the pandemic, they have been stuck at home, eating uh, the food that they've had to cook, watching reruns of all sorts of different shows, hanging around with the same people. Those of you that have children have had to school your kids from home. Home is maybe the last place you want to be. But for so many of us, Home is a place that we yearn to be. It is the place of our true yearning, our true desires, the place that we find ourselves. For we see in life, as we talked about last week, that in this life, we have this yearning within us to be home. We have this yearning to be a place where we have all of our our longings met. And as we said last week, really there's no place on earth like that unless it's in the heart of God. My wife loves James Taylor. She loves to listen to his music. I mean, I've been listening to that as long as we have been dating. That's how long James Taylor's been around and he's still singing. In fact, I heard a few weeks ago he was in Wake Forest and my wife didn't know about that or we would have been over there. 
But he has many hits, and most of you all at least know some of them. But there was a song that he sung that wasn't the biggest hit of his. He sang it with uh, Carly Simon, and it's called Terra Nova. And at the end of it, there's a hauntingly beautiful melody. It says, burn off the haze around the shore. Turn away this way that I feel. I'll stay away from you no more. I've come home to stop yearning. I've come home to stop yearning. And my friends, until we find our home in the heart of God, we're going to be yearning. And so as we talk about coming home for Christmas, we're talking about coming home to stop yearning and start feeling that we're inhabited by God and we're in the heart of God and in our true home with God. But we know something else too, that God has a yearning to make his home in us, to make his home in us. In a wonderful play that was on Broadway for many years called Green Pastures by Mark Conley, the first play to feature an entirely African-American uh, uh, cast. He sets a scene where God is looking over the parapets of heaven and he's looking down and seeing the sinfulness of humanity and he's shaking his head and much perplexed and Gabriel's standing behind him and he, and he pulls out the trumpet and he starts to warm it up and he says, Lord, are you ready for me to blow the trumpet? Are you tired with all this? He said, no, Gabriel, put that horn away. And still looking over the over at the sinful world, Gabriel asks, well, what should we do? Should we send another Moses or a David? How about prophets? We got lots of prophets up here. How about, an, how about another Isaiah or Jeremiah? The Lord, not turning back to Gabriel, continuing to look down on this hurting and broken world, says, nah, Gabriel, I'm going myself. I'm going myself because that's what my people need. And I yearn for them to find their home in me. So, God sets the stage for his arrival on earth. Remember last week, he sent Gabriel down, down to earth to talk to Zechariah and say to Zechariah, you, you are going to have a son that's going to pave the way for, for my son to come. And in the story today, we see that Gabriel goes back to earth to approach this Virgin Mary living in an out-of-the-way village in a place called Nazareth. She is betrothed to Joseph, who is a descendant of David, and being betrothed, she's living in her home with her parents, waiting for the time to come when she would be married. She's legally bound to Joseph, but she's waiting that, that year till all is made ready, and she can become Joseph's bride. And Gabriel is sent down to Mary to proclaim to her that you will be the God-bearer. Our Greek Orthodox friends call this Theotokos, God-bearer, God-bearer. And so to prove that you're awake on this cloudy morning, and you're going to need to say this word later on in the message. Can you say that with me? It's easy to say for a Greek word, theotokos. Can you say that? Theotokos. Very good. You can go on a vacation to Greece now. Theotokos. Yeah. She will be 
the bearer of God on earth. And so we see uh, the angel Gabriel proclaiming to her greetings. The real word there is hail. And it's also translated from the Greek, rejoice, rejoice, Mary, hail favored one. We see in the Old Testament, this word is used three different times to proclaim that God is up to something in that place and in that time. In Zephaniah, we hear the word rejoice. Rejoice, O Israel, I am taking your judgment upon myself. And Joel, he's saying, rejoice, I'm about to do a great thing. Do not be afraid. And Zechariah, it says, rejoice, the Lord is coming mightily and victoriously. And says, if the angel Gabriel is proclaiming to Mary and to the world, rejoice, I'm about to do something marvelous, something wonderful. It's as if. The song of James Taylor is coming true for God. Rejoice. Burn away the mist of your sinfulness. I've come home into your heart to stop my yearning to be with you and you with me. Rejoice. Y'all, God is up to something grand. And then he says... Yeah, you're going to have a son, and this son will be the, the child of the Most High. He will inhabit the throne of his, of his father, David. His, he will be the king of Israel, the king of Jacob, and his kingdom will have no end. And you can almost hear him wanting to say, ta-da. You know, isn't this great, Mary? And Mary, well, kind of like Zechariah last week, says, how can this be? You remember last week what Zechariah said? Scratch his head when he was told by, by the angel Gabriel that he was going to be a daddy in his old age. And Zechariah said, man, I'm old. The old lady, she's old. You had not seen her lately, have you? You don't know your biology here, angel. There ain't no way that's happening. And Mary says something similar. You don't know your biology here, angel. I, I'm a virgin. How's this going to happen? And Gabriel's a little more patient this week. He didn't strike Mary mute. He says this. The spirit of God will come upon you and the presence of God will overshadow you and you will have within you something that is holy. And then you got to love this term that he uses. Nothing is impossible with God. Or as the NIV says, the word of God will not fail. But I like the way it's translated way earlier in Genesis chapter 18. Y'all might remember the story. There's Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre. He's minding his own business when these three visitors come to see him. And they, uh, after he serves them some dinner, says that, hey, you know, your wife Elizabeth is going to have a baby. Now, they were told this 25 years ago, so if you were told something 25 years ago and it didn't happen, you think it's going to happen, well, that's kind of hard to believe. And Mary, I mean, uh, Sarah overhears this, and she laughs, saying to herself, can I have a child in my own age? And, and the 
visitors say, Sarah, why did you laugh? Oh, I didn't laugh. Yeah, you did laugh. Well, how can I have a baby my old age? And this is the way the angel or the visitor or whoever it is puts it. Is anything too wonderful for God? I like that, don't you? Is there anything that is too wonderful for God? Y'all, God is approaching all of us and saying to us, I have something within you that I want to give birth into this world. You are pregnant with the possibilities of God Almighty to bring forth something wonderful into this world. Do you believe it? You believe that you're pregnant with the possibilities of God Almighty. It's true. It's true. This past week when I was reading the news, I saw a a long list of people this past year who are famous, who have made a difference in this world, uh, who've passed away. And my stars, I got myself tied up in knots reading all these things. I mean, I kept going and going and going. I mean, I could have spent all day. I mean, they had listed lots of people that have made a difference in this world that have, have passed away. But one that I took note of is someone that has made a difference in my life personally, and that's Young Yi Cho. Now, you might remember me sharing a little bit about my call to ministry story happening at the world's largest church, the Yoido Full Gospel Church in Seoul, Korea. Well, the pastor of that church is Young Yi Cho. Young Yi Cho passed away this past year. His church is still the largest congregation in the world in Seoul, South Korea. Young Yi Cho felt his call to ministry in the wake of the Korean War. Right after the war was over, he felt God calling him to make a difference, to bring healing to the land after that calamity that struck that nation. My dad served over there during that war, and he told me how bad it was. There wasn't a tree anywhere. Millions were killed. Millions were displaced. And in the midst of this, this young man, Young Yi Cho, was called to start a church. And he said that God had revealed to him that God would provide with him a tent and a bicycle to get that church started. And, and he was proclaiming that how God had made within him this desire to start a church there and that he had a bicycle and a tent that was going to be there available to him. And this little boy came up to him and said, well, where's the tent? And where's this bicycle? And he said, well, I'm pregnant with that possibility. And that little boy went and leaned his ear on Cho's stomach, thinking that he had within him this bicycle and this tent. But Cho was pregnant with the possibilities of God doing something wonderful in and through him to start this church that would grow into the largest church in the world to bring healing to that war-torn nation. And what wonderful thing happened there. In the wake of the Korean War, the Christian church boomed. And now, since that war has ended, Korea has gone from being a predominantly Buddhist country to being predominantly Christian. You see, nothing is impossible with God. There's nothing too wonderful for God taking a war-torn nation and making it whole, making it 
a place where his home is, is here on earth. And in the brokenness of your life, in the, in the exile that you might feel, kind of like Mary and the whole people of Israel being, being oppressed there by the Roman government, there's nothing too wonderful that God can't do in your life. You're pregnant with the possibilities of what God has in store for you. I don't believe it. Don't believe it. Listen to what the great Christian pastor and leader of the early part of the 20th century said. A.W. Tozer said this. If God has done it in the past, he can do it now. If God has done anything anywhere, he can do it here. If God has done something in someone, he can do it in you. He can do it in you. Frederick Buechner, the great Christian author, said this. He said, you are one with the universe just as the moon and the stars. God is revealing his purpose in you even if you do not are not aware of it here. For the Lord works his will and weaves his purposes in the lives of all who are faithful in following him. Just like Mary. Just like Mary. See, when Mary heard this proposition by the angel that she would give birth to the Savior, she gave an interesting response. She said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be as you would have it willed for me. Now, some translations of the Bible put it this way. I am your bond servant. Do as you will with me. That's an interesting term, bond servant. We don't hear it all too often in this day and time. But back in the ancient world, when slavery was pro prominent, when people were captured in war and hauled off into slavery, or some had to be in slavery before debts in their own household or for their own indebtedness, a bondservant was someone who said, even when they could go free, I love my master so much that I willingly take upon myself this servanthood that I will be this person's servant or slave even, for as long as I live. Mary is saying this, I will willingly submit my will to yours, O God. I will be your slave. And let your purposes be born through me so that the world will know you, Lord, and find their home in you. You wonder what was going on in Mary's mind. Do you, you think she knew all that was going to happen? Because, you see, just because we say that we are servant of the Lord doesn't mean that everything is going to go well from our point of view. You see, we know that Mary raised this boy in a small Judean village and that 
She saw the son grow up and be wonderful and teaching all sorts of people and, and healing all sorts of folks. And then she saw her son arrested, beaten, mocked, and crucified. And she saw her own child die. Just because, friends, we say yes to God doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. But we will be blessed. Look at Mary. There are more women in the world today named Mary than any other name. We remember her because she bore God into the world. She said yes to this, this offer by the angel Gabriel to be a bearer of God on this earth. You know, this isn't in the Bible, but I wonder. I wonder if the Lord had gone to other women throughout Judea and, and in Galilee. I wonder if the Lord had, had sent the angel to certain women in certain villages and say, hey, will you bring my son into the earth? Will you bear my, my son and, and, and bring him here? Will you bear my child? And you wonder, did these women say, well, you know, I don't know about that. I, I, I can't do that. I, I'm not worthy or I'm afraid or oh, what's this going to cost me? <coughs> you wonder, in this day and time, as God is approaching so many people saying, will you bear my image here on this earth? Will you have born and within me, within you, my presence, my life, so that others will find their home in me? God is making that offer to each and every one of us. God is saying, let me be born in you. Let me come into you and may your, my image be born in and through you so that the world might be blessed. And as we say yes to this wonderful, wonderful proposition of God that God is giving to each and every one of us, well, we'll be changed. The world may be changed and we'll be blessed and we will find our Hearts, true home. So, you want to take a double dog there? We say this prayer with me then as we close. You repeat with me. Dear Lord, I am your servant. May your wonderful impossibilities be born in me to bless the world. May I be a Theotokos, a God-bearer. May it be so. Amen. God-bearers, go out 
And may the wonderful impossibilities of God be born in and through you so that the world might find its true home in Jesus. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.